0: Well, hi and welcome again. I've got my coffee. Do you have yours? Whatever is in it, let's go. I am excited today because we're going to talk about ghosts ghost writing thats I have with me today a fantastic ghost writer, Ann Lovett. And did you know, here's a statistic about ghost writing, 60% of all nonfiction bestsellers written in the last three decades are actually ghost written. And there's a lot of famous people that we read and we think they wrote the book and they didn't. Somebody else did. So stay tuned for Anne Lovett Welcome my ghostwriter friend. Thank you. It's great to be here. What is it? What is a ghostwriter and how did you decide you were going to be
2: one? Well, a ghostwriter is someone who helps somebody get their message on paper. That's easy to understand. so, So how did I get into it? I've been really a writer for hire for about 30 years and about 10 years ago I had a friend who had a book that she got stuck with couldn't figure out how to finish writing it and so forth. So I helped her with it and the rest is history. And how many books now have you ghost written? I
0: would say probably about 10. That's good. How long does it take you to write, ghost write a book on average? That depends
2: on the client. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it does. I mean, what I would like to do is write a book within 60 to 120 days. But it really depends on the client's schedule, because I don't just go off, uh, you know, to the country villa and write the book. It's a very collaborative type process.
0: You know, it's interesting, Anne, that I started writing. My first book was in nineteen, I think, eighty-six, mm. and I didn't know about ghost writing. In fact, I had no intention of even writing a book. And quick story for the audience is, and it's a blessing, uh, I was friends with someone that worked with Zig Ziglar. And she said, Valerie, Zig Ziglar works with this publisher named, and so here's his name. So I picked up the phone and I called this man, and of course the name Zig Ziglar got me in, of course. And uh, he said, well, what's your book about? And I made something up, I had done a lot of work on professional image and business etiquette and I did have a lot of content. But I simply said, well, I'd love to share with you that in person, may I fly up to your city, which I did. So I sat down and we started talking about what I'd write. And actually the first book is a story about my journey just as a person called An Image of Excellence, a faith-based book. Well, obviously, I didn't have a ghostwriter to write my own story, <laughs> no, Anne. Right. And so it was never even a thought. I began writing the books and no one ever said, do you want a ghostwriter? Now, obviously, I had an editor. So Definitely. give us some idea about, uh, do you need both?
2: Absolutely, you need both, because here's the thing. If I, if I were to work with you, for example, and write your book, well, I can't edit my own work someone else needs to edit it. You always need that second view, that second opinion, that second pair of eyes to look at it. So I think, you know, the books that are high uh, caliber have a rigorous editing process. Now, I don't mean to edit out your voice. That's very important that your editor doesn't slash your voice out of the work. Mm. How do you get to know my voice? Any voice um, <clears throat> by listening to you, by reading what you've written. So, for example, with um, one of my clients, he had a podcast he had for four years. So I listened to his different podcasts, getting to know him. He'd written a little ebook on values. So mm-hmm. I just try to get my arms around everything someone has communicated, just to to get into the way they. They communicate their style,
0: you know, and that is really a skill because I've hired people in the past that I've hoped would get my voice in just writing anything. So I didn't have to write all the blogs and all the content. (laughs) I could never, honestly, I could never find one. I'm so glad I found you. (laughs) I couldn't, they couldn't get my voice. So I kept writing them myself. There are so many people out there I can think of who really do have a story and have said to me as an author, you know, I've got a book in me. I just don't know what to do. <laughs> do you think everyone has
2: a book in them? Well, I would say everyone does have a book in, in them. Does everyone need to write a book? No, I don't think so. So who does? Well, I think some people need to write a book because they have a compelling message that's going to make a difference on the planet, that's Mm going to make a difference in the world. Um, Some people possibly need a book because they've got some brilliant ideas that they want in printed form. Um, The other thing I know about speaking is that somebody goes if somebody actually goes to a physical speaking gig anymore, right. they, they you know, the audience wants something to take away. Yes. So they, they hear this brilliant speech and they want to take something away. So it's good to have a book, a book there. Some people just need to write their book for cathartic reasons. That's um interesting. They, it's a good way to deal with Maybe traumatic issues, or Mm. um, so there are various reasons people need to write a book.
0: So, journaling a lot of people have that cathartic. Yes, uh, and actually,
2: I believe your book comes out of your journal. I wondered about that. I I believe that um, it's like um, Michelangelo used to say that the sculpture is in this block of marble. All I'm doing is chipping away what doesn't belong there. And I believe the same is true for your journal. Mm -hmm. So when someone says to me, hey, I wanna write a book, that's usually my first question. Have you been writing in a journal? Mm -hmm. And um, to me, a journal is different than a diary. A diary is, you know, I spoke to Aunt Sue today, la la la. Um, a journal is more an exploration of thoughts, ideas, that kind of thing. How I felt about something. I think That's it goes really deeper. Good. That's really good, Anne. So you shared with me
0: some lessons learned and some advice for yes. those people who are thinking about writing a book. Yes. One of you, uh, one of them was something about clarifying your mind on the why. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about that. Listen up, people, because every single one of you, I do believe, has a book in them, in you. It can be a little mini book. It doesn't have to be a big book. But I want you to listen up because think about a message that you have that someone could find value in. That's a compelling message. You've got them. You're living your life. I know you've got them
2: in you, so listen up. So I think that having the why is important because writing a book takes a lot of conviction. And I have some people come to me, oh, I need a book. And that's one of my first questions to them is, why do you need a book? And uh, then I'll go into questions around, Who's the audience? What do you hope they will gain? Mm -hmm. But I think it all starts with why. I uh, believe Simon Sinek was correct when he said (laughs) it starts with why. So I think um, if you know your why, it will be communicated through the book. And I think that's very important.
0: Absolutely, it is. And sometimes it's hard to really understand what the why is. We've got a lot of whys. And... What about writer's block? Mm. When uh, those of us who write anything, there is such a thing. And then you can wake up the next morning and it just comes
2: to you. But when you've got writer's block, what is your advice? My advice is stop editing while you're writing. What do you mean (laughs) by that? What I mean is maybe you write a sentence or two and then you stop. Oh, no, that's not what I meant or you think, oh, this is grammatically incorrect, or you start questioning, stop. (laughs) Uh, What you need to do is write and just flow with your writing. The other thing is it's better to write too much and come back and edit it than than try to make it too cryptic in the first place. So uh because what you're doing is you have a competition between your creative brain and your logical brain if you start engaging your logical brain into this creative process, many times it will shut you down. So Hmm. the other thing is, if you're sitting, you're writing, and you do hit writer's block, I would say stand up, go walk the dog, go outside, just get your mind away from it and just Hmm. come back. And then the other thing I would say about writing, it's great to write a lot of content let it sit overnight because at night your brain processes things and so you come back to it the next day you have a a new perspective on it that particular advice really
0: hits me and I'll bet it hits a lot of you who like me keep working and working and working I've had to set the alarm per hour Mm -hmm. For exactly the reason you said, the brain does. From my understanding, it needs to breathe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it needs a rest. And so it's not natural to get up if you are in the workflow. So I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to do. So, as I said, I set the alarm, and on an hour, it dings. I may or may not always get up, but it's telling me, Valerie, stop a little bit, take a breath. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, I do go get a cup of coffee or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's great. When you are writing uh, ghostwriting for someone, and what makes you
2: different, better than, or different from other ghostwriters? I think it's I'm very interested in getting into the person's voice, almost getting into their head in a in a sense, and understanding how they process information, how they think. Um, not saying that other ghostwriters don't do that, but some are not as cognizant of it as I am. That that is one thing that's very important to me, that it's not my message, it's your message. So So I spend a lot of time and energy figuring that out. What is your voice? And and if I read something I've written, I'm thinking, that doesn't sound like her. (laughs) I might go back and change it. The other thing is, I asked my clients to read like the first two chapters, does this sound like you? I've had some people say, I don't know, <laughs> and they send it to their friend to that's say, this is like me. That's a good idea. So, okay.
0: What you're really saying, I think, is you have great listening skills, and I can tell that. I know you. You're very calm. And for those of us who aren't, <laughs> that's really important to just kind of bring us down a level. I. Doesn't I will, that
2: serve you well? It does. And I will tell you, that's a learned skill. Is it? I spent a lot of years learning that skill.
0: I can't so. imagine. Are you <laughs> saying you were a different kind of a personality, maybe?
2: Um, I don't think my personality was different. I just think I've tamed it a little bit. <laughs> we can't change our personality. <laughs> and I know you'd say that. Um, and, you know, I spent years in consulting, and that taught me to be good at asking questions Mm -hmm. and digging deeper, you know, in what the client was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And in order to dig deeper, you have to listen very carefully to what they say, what are some things they might um, imply that they're not saying. And you never can assume anything, but just asking the next question, I think.
0: No, that's good advice for any leader mm. or any person. Doesn't have to be that you have people working for you, <clears throat>
2: family, even. True. Right? Oh, family can be harder. <laughs> really? That's my experience, anyway.
0: <laughs> I think you may have a, a point there. When, um, and when you're not writing, what do you love to do? Tell us about Anne.
2: I love to read. Really? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that's great. What do you read? Oh, I read some, mostly, I don't read fiction, really. Occasionally, I might read fiction, but I'm more of a nonfiction reader. Uh, Many times, I'll read things about leadership, um, communication skills, probably. And then I do read books that are faith building, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Just teaching us how to walk out our faith.
0: Mm -hmm. That's important. It is for me anyway. Live it every day. Mm -hmm. In the books that you've written, tell us a time when you thought I'm not sure how (laughs) to get this particular part of the book written. Did you ever have a
2: well, this is not exact this is not exactly a I don't know how to write it, but I wrote a book for a a doctor who discovered the this methodology for dealing with chronic back pain and chronic pain in different places. And there's a a test that you do. I mean you press your hand a certain place a certain way. And I'm thinking, how am I going to show that to the reader, you know? So what I did was I had the doctor do it and I took a photograph of it. And then I I sent it to an illustrator who actually illustrated how to do this test on yourself. Mm -hmm. Because trying to describe it is hard to do. It really needs to be shown to someone. Mm -hmm. So... That's how I dealt with Is I took a picture of him. I didn't want to put the photographs I took in the book. So I had an illustrator uh, draw. Yeah,
0: that's smart. What are you hoping for in your future of being a ghostwriter?
2: What are your goals now? Well, one of my goals is to help people get their message to the world. Because there are plenty of people who for whatever reason, either they don't like to write, they don't have time to write, but they have a message they need to get to the world in writing. Um, my goal is to help those people do that. Um, I do have certain, a certain number of books I wanna do each year, um, but again, that's gonna vary mm-hmm. according to um, how long people want their books and so forth. So, but I think my main goal is to per- use my skills to help someone else get their message out. Well, that's called uh, living your purpose,
0: isn't it? And <laughs> understanding so. what your skills and gifts are, which is awesome. And if you could invite, you are reading a lot of books and probably have some favorite authors, if you could invite to dinner, maybe three people, authors or not, uh, who would they be?
2: That's a tough one. <laughs> a very tough one. Let's see. Well, I, I think I would invite a military general. I'm not sure who I would choose. Off the top of my head, I think of Colin Powell. Um, but I would, I would want to talk to a military general to understand strategy and leadership from their perspective. Um, Might wanna talk to Condoleezza Rice, a very educated woman. I believe she's a professor at Stanford, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Wow. (laughs) Probably Dr. Martin Luther King. Not probably, he'd be number one. And why? Because he had a dream and he was willing to put his whole life on the line for the dream. And, and he was a visionary, mm-hmm. you know, in that, in that speech, the I have a dream speech, he, it's classic the way he says, this is the state of things now, but I have a dream for something bigger, better, something different. So actually, I, I think he'd be number one on my list.
0: My goodness, if we could bring him back and others like him, we <clears> need <throat> that today. Indeed we do. How are you dealing with the pandemic and how has it affected your work with mm-hmm. uh, with authors in that it's hard to get together now?
2: Stay home. I'm just kidding. <laughs> honestly, well, we are staying home. Honestly, um, because I work with authors all over the country, I had already started using Zoom before the pandemic occurred. So um, I was... I was used to that. You know, one author I worked with lives in Colorado. So he did come once and we had our big brainstorming initial meeting, but then the rest of the time it was over zoom. So actually in a lot of ways, zoom can be helpful working with authors because I can pull up their manuscript and we can discuss, we can both be looking at the same thing. So, um, I don't know that it really has changed it, except that I think some people found more time to write a book because they weren't driving back and forth to work, or you know, their their days got restructured.
0: Well, that doesn't surprise me. And in uh, in that one of the positive things about the pandemic, as we both have talked about, is that people are so reflective. All of us, me included, mm-hmm. we are trying to really go deep within and say to ourselves, what is this life about? What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. So many people are struggling and I understand that. What is your purpose? That's, that's why I keep doing the personal branding work <laughs> is helping yes. them understand that. So this time of reflection I'm sure has brought out um, maybe even more need to, well, I do have a story to tell. So, one final fun question. If you were to describe yourself in one word, what would that word be? Now, you should
2: have given me a heads up ahead
0: for that. (laughs) Never.
2: (laughs) Um, Wow. That's a tough one. I would say in tune. Mm. I know that's a hyphenated word. In tune. In in tune, I would say. Tell me more. Because I'm in tune with um, what's going... You know, if I walk into a room, I seem to be able to read what's happening in the room. Hmm. Um, Part of that is because I love to observe people and how they interact with each other. The other thing is... um, I believe I'm in tune with what's going on in the world. Now we got a lot of things going on. So I feel like I'm in tune to different factions that impact what's going on now. And, you know, in some ways I'm an introvert. Some people are surprised at that because I'm naturally pretty friendly but I get my strength from within. Mm. And I just as soon go sit by the lake by myself with my journal as I would, well, I can't water ski anymore, but, but um, you know, reflective. But I would say in tune is probably the well, best that's word. that's a good
0: word, Anne. I am sure that people are going to want to know
2: how to get in touch with you. Yes. And so the answer is? Well, you can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm Ann Lovett Baird on LinkedIn. Or you can email me at Ann, A-N-N, at LovettConsulting.com. And Lovett is L O V E T T. Consulting.com. I have to spell it because my Texas twang. Sometimes people don't understand what I said.
0: <laughs> and it's so. been a pleasure having you. I've always wanted to ask someone that's a ghostwriter what it's all about since I maybe if I write another book, I'll have you ghostwrite it. I'd How's be glad that? to help you. I don't know if I have another one in me, but we'll see. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the you show, bet. and I wish you all the blessings and all the good work that you're going to do for a lot of people. Thank okay. you so much, Valerie. I right. appreciate it. All right. And thank you for always watching. I'll have another sip of coffee until I see you next time. Bye for now. So here's my Valerieism for today. Don't let your ego overgo you. Don't let your ego overgo you. Recently, I got a call from a Senior Vice President of a Fortune 100 company. Very important man, and I was just thrilled that he called. He came over to talk to me about what he wanted, and here's what he said. I want you to help me be Billy Crystal. Now for those of you who may not know Billy Crystal, <laughs> he is an all-time famous comedian, Not very visible these days but boy he was and funny as all get out and that's what he said and I turned to him very simply because you know that I'm all about authenticity and I said you know what sir I called his name I'll help you be the best you you can be but you're never going to be Billy Crystal and he looked at me and he said but that's what I want to hire you to do and I said well let me just say it differently I will help you have the best jokes, and they will be delivered in your authentic way, and that way, you will be funny. But don't try to be somebody you're not, or it will fall flat. Well, here's what happened. We actually wrote a script for a very important meeting. This was an Asian company, and the Asian leaders came over for this conference. And he took our advice— He put his spin on it in his authentic way and it went over beautifully. So at the end of the day, he thanked us for staying authentic and you be the same. That's it for
1: now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieandCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.